your turn to be afraid. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast. Thank you for joining us here on Nerds from the Crypt, the podcast where we review your favorite and not so favorite horror movies and interview indie creators about their ongoing and upcoming Kickstarter campaigns. I'm your host, Saul, and for now, I'm going to be solo. Uh, we're waiting to see if Greg can join us in a, in a couple of minutes here, but we're going to be doing another interview today. We'll go ahead and just jump into the into the episode today. We're going to be talking to uh, the co-creators of Midnight Highway, Alex and Michael. How are you guys doing today? What's happening, man? We're doing pretty good. Yep. Great, man. Great to have you guys on here. I saw the the Kickstarter campaign and I uh, immediately uh, reached out to to Mike about uh, getting y'all on on the um, on the podcast. Yeah, man. We're we're stoked to uh, be on here talking about spooky stuff and films and whatever else you guys talk about. So indie comics. Yeah, and before we we talk about the project, we just want to go ahead and uh, get a little bit of background for you guys. How long have you all been into into the horror genre? Oh man, my my whole life. I was born at the tail end of the eighties, so eighty seven. So I caught most of the horror going into like the nineties, and then you know, as I got older, started watching older stuff again. But like, uh, yeah, man, I've always dug horror and just crazy monster flicks and stuff like that. So Godzilla, all that kind of stuff. That's that's my jam. Yeah, that's actually kind of how Alex and I first bonded was over Godzilla. It wasn't horror. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was it was our mutual love of Godzilla, and then uh, yeah, for me, uh, horror was uh, something a little later. My my parents did an awfully good job of shielding me from a lot of that when I was younger. But my sister uh, was quite a bit older than me, so there'd be times where she'd bring friends over and they'd watch a movie, and I'd sneak downstairs and you know creep around the edges of the couch there and kind of watch what they're watching. And one of the ones that stuck with me was Nightmare on Elm Street too. When Freddy crawls out of, uh, oh, I forgot the kid's name, but he's like crawling out of his chest. And that was the part that freaked me out and that stuck with me. So I think I got this curiosity of horror after that just because it terrified me. And at the same time, it kind of intrigued me. So I, Nightmare on Elm Street is really what got me into uh, uh, horror, I'd say. I think that was the first film series that I saw completely on a weekly basis. Just go pick up the new, not the new one, but the the next one at the, the local video video rental store. Yeah. That, and, and that was another thing was like my parents would, you know, we would go to, we'd go to, uh, there's two rental shops. We had a, a locally owned one and then we had a blockbuster and they really had to like guide me and course me away from horror sections and, and, and sure stuff, you know, cause that's where I gravitate <laughs> towards. Cause the cover art was always really intriguing. Right. I mean, that was usually it was, it was the, the case art was, in most cases, 10 times better than the actual movies. Dude, it's funny because, like, like my parents, like, every Friday we would, like, rent movies. And uh, so we would all just kind of take turns picking out whatever, like, comedies or, like, horror movies or whatever cool was mm-hmm. out. Like, whatever blockbuster. But then it's like, my parents would usually let us watch anything. But, like, if there was, like, certain stuff, they'd be like, all right, you got to, like, leave the room or whatever, you know. <laughs> but, like, so, yeah, I mean, like, most stuff was pretty cool. The, the only movie I can remember getting sent out of the room for was like, like that rape scene in hollow man. They were like, you guys got to go. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> oh, we might've made a mistake. Wow. 
I don't. That's the only one I can remember having to leave the room for. No, so yeah, so like, like I said, uh, uh, my parents were pretty pretty um, liberal as far as letting us um, watch what we wanted to watch on, unless it had um, that those type of scenes. And we were uh, we we're just instructed, you know, we're gonna trust you guys. Just don't let us catch you guys watching something they're not supposed to. <laughs> so yeah, so so pretty much since since kids, you guys you guys have been into into horror movies. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, man. Was that just movies, or did was did that translate over to like uh, reading books and and uh, comic books and all that? Nah, I actually didn't really get into like comic books till I was like much older, probably like high school and stuff like that. Like I started getting into like anime and manga and like some comics stuff like that. But like when I was a kid, I just read like Calvin and Hobbes and like stuff like that. Um, so. I didn't really mess with comics and books much. Mostly movies was where, like, I think the horror came from. Uh, yeah. I remember I got sent to the library in school one time, though, to pick out a book. Because, like, I guess whatever I was reading didn't meet, like, the reading standard. So I, like, went down all <laughs> mad, and I just grabbed a book. When I came back, I started reading it, and it was, like, Cujo. Like, I didn't know anything. I didn't uh, even look at the book when I started reading uh, it. So yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Good book to, to grab. All right. So, uh Right now, I guess. Well, what is your guys' um, stuff to watch? What's your jam to watch for in horror? The horror genre yeah. right now. Oh, man, anything A twenty four is doing right now is like right up my alley. I love The Witch, yeah. Hereditary. I love that kind of slow burn, psychological, like trippy kind of horror, like mm-hmm. drama stuff. Yeah, I, I'm a um, Ari Aster fan. I really like Midsummer. Uh, mm. I felt like that I don't know if you guys like it, but uh, I really, it is a slow burn. It's an acid trip and it felt very uh, contradictory to what my impulses were when I watch horror, you know, and uh, it was, it was shot beautifully, right? <laughs> it, was, it was like a really gorgeous looking film. And yeah, uh, it's fantastic. And the, and the blood scene was just fantastic too. Cause that was just embedded right in between two oh, really yeah. graceful scenes. And then, and then you you finally get to see some really good gore, and it was just really intense and out of nowhere. My wife doesn't like horror, but she actually liked that movie. So, the you know they did a good job when you can get someone who doesn't like horror, doesn't like gore, um, and say that was actually yeah. a good movie. It was it was definitely in that sense of like uh you you could sit down you could you could bring a Hallmark person to a midsummer watching <laughs> a viewing of midsummer and they could enjoy it. Because of just everything you said. Right up into the first. Oh, no, the mallet. Right up to the first oh, no. ankle breaking. Ankle breaking, the mallets. It's all great stuff. It's all good stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's bloody. And, oh, and, and, that. that was the thing that really got me was how much I thought they were going to pull away. And then they did. You know, <laughs> um, I think they they pulled away in some things, and then some other things they yeah, just went yeah, ahead and, and showed. They, them. And I think that like they pulled away when uh, the the person fell and smacked against the rock they they showed you that but then they pull away when the other person fell and 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 broke their leg and it was just exposed bone and then the other person had to go up with a mallet and smack them i mean like they pulled away yeah. at that point you know what i mean so it's kind of like you know uh you didn't you didn't know if you were going to see it or not you know and i think that kind of kept you on edge a little bit too because you weren't really sure you know what the restrictions were going to be and when they were going to happen i guess so uh that kind of made it exciting too. All right, so let's go ahead and I'm bringing up the Kickstarter real quick here. The good stuff. Yeah, and go ahead and back it while you're at it. Uh, <laughs> fifty should be good. All right. Uh, and Greg, <laughs> you know, fifty from you too. I mean, I just want to be fair. 
I fully understand. <laughs> That's I mean, I, I'm, I'm doing my own right now, so I I expect that we'll we'll go all around the circle here. You'll get fifty for me. I'll get fifty for you. We'll just boom, boom, boom. It'll be a nice <laughs> round robin of Kickstarter backing. Greg, you were actually you were actually late, Greg. So we're gonna have to ask you for like seventy five bucks. <laughs> Damn it! I knew it. Oh, it wasn't my fault. It was my grandma. Oh my! How grandma. much money does your grandma have? Oh, oh no, 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 no! The sweet old lady, eighty nine. Get her on the call. Talk to her real quick. She, she, huh? <laughs> we can't rope her into this. Do you guys? Okay, the only thing, the only thing that could sell it to her. Do you have plates? Do you have commemorative decorative plates? License plates? No, no, no. Like oh, actual, no. Like, <laughs> oh, actual. Like hang on the wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have? Oh, for, as a, as a, 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 we'll send her a midnight highway gravy dish. Well, then I guess <laughs> you got a deal. Then I'm gonna go shake that money tree. Y'all don't, you all don't know this, but uh, Greg is really into um, collecting decorative plates. We even have a shirt uh, for the for the podcast that that reads uh, "Plates, Trains, and Horror Movies" or well, whatever you put, uh, "People Monsters." So this is real. You're- oh no, no, no! So no, 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 no! This is real. I mean, like, if that's not a if that's not a thing, that's a stipulation. Saul should have put that in the in the screener. Uh, for you all to be on the podcast, if you don't got it, I'm not backing. Well, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm right. <laughs> no, grandma's that. not backing. You don't get any grandma dollars. You get my dollars. You get my dollars. I'm right. Plates right now. Now, but you guys did. We were it's so funny. Right before this call, Alex and I were talking about stretch goals for the Kickstarter, and we were we were kind of like running dry on ideas. But the license plate might ah. be. A- yeah, yeah. Well, see, yeah. I mean, that that would make sense with this particular Kickstarter. I have a collection of, of license plates as well. So, I mean, I'm for this. <laughs> what else do you collect? I'm just kind of curious now. <laughs> it's not what do I collect. It's what don't I collect. Okay. The list is very small. So let's go ahead and talk about the the project that that we came yeah. here to talk about. You guys um, released the Kickstarter for Midnight Highway on what day? Uh, Sunday. So that was September sixth. Yeah. Um, you guys are, were funded in the first oh. day. This is not your first rodeo with Kickstarter, right? No. Oh sure. no, we're uh, <laughs> we're Kickstarter veterans. Yeah. The first time I think that either of us had one fund in the first day, though. I don't know. I'm I'm speaking for myself. Is that for you too, Alex? Well, it's one of the lower goals I've had to meet, but it's also I, yeah. I don't think one's ever moved that fast, so um, it's kind of a good feeling. Yeah, Kickstarter is just stressful. Even when it's going good, it's stressful. So Midnight Highway. This is the first issue. It's going to be twenty. One pages, I believe, Yeah, right? 21. Can you tell us what the uh, story is about? It's about this kid, Alex. One way or another, he ends a date with his girlfriend at the end of the night. And he's driving home around midnight, and he gets confronted with a bunch of weird stuff on this road, and he finds out he's kind of stuck on this road um, called the Midnight Highway, and that's kind of what this series is about. That's kind of what this is launching into, um, but it's all kind of about this weird highway and him trying to figure it out and get back to his girlfriend. And that's kind of this character's story. So it's like a horror version of the Odyssey. Kind of. That's we, we hadn't really thought of it like that, but I like that. But yeah, yeah that's kind of, it sounds so simple. You know, I think that's what, where the most interesting probably, you know, adventures start, right. It's just something really, mm-hmm. it kind of just creeps in and just weird things just start mounting up and happening one after another, after another, and it's spiraling out of control. And it's like Alice in Wonderland. And the fact that, 
after a while you just accept your circumstances and then you just navigate through the whole thing and that's kind of how the story is so he's you know he, he looked like you know alex said he's just this character just hops in a car is heading home from a great night with his girlfriend that he loves and you know uh immediately comes across the very first thing that's gonna pave the way for all the other crazy bizarre things that happen after it which is what made this so much fun to write because between Alex and I, we we went so many different ways with the story before we we really settled on one path. And even then, just now we're working on issue two and we're still considering all the different paths we can go down with this. So it's, it's it, that's what makes the book so exciting for us is because even we have a general plan, but there are still a lot of routes. Like we know the destination, but we can take a lot of different routes to get there. And that's what makes this so much fun to write. Do you have a, a planned finish as far as num- number of uh, issues or are you going to let it, let that come out organically? Our, our hope is that this is like an ongoing series that can just keep going. Um, kind of like a samurai Jack type of thing or something like, you know, you can just keep going as long mm-hmm. as you want the train to go. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of set up to be kind of more like each issue will be episodical because the theme still stays the same without the story. So, nice. uh, Greg is going to, Greg is going to shake his head at me, but it's going to be like, kind of like Dr. Who he gets in his car and <laughs> yeah. goes to the next, uh, next episode. Dr. Who. So like, I, I, I get what you're saying there. There's <laughs> like a, it, it's, it's, there's, there's definitely a creature feature kind of element to it. Alex, I talked to you, man, but I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's kind of what you're going to go with too, but you know, uh, serialized shows like twilight zone and stuff like that was definitely an influence in this. And so, you know, there's a different, uh, creature of the week, I guess you could say, or, you know, a a different thing that he's facing in each issue. This Kickstarter as of, as of this recording has a 34 days more to go. What is your projected ship date? I guess, uh, once the, the Kickstarter ends, it really depends on what we unlock through the stretch goals because, you know, the production of the rewards from the stretch goals will determine how quickly we can ship all the items to everyone, but we're targeting February. Um, and that's, that's actually, I think, I think we're going to be able to get everything out by January. Um, but I think it's better to under promise. Give yourself that buffer. Yeah. That's kind of the idea right now, especially like I said, with, with the rewards. Um, fortunately for us, the book's almost done. So that's, that's one thing that we have, in our pocket is that uh, we're just waiting on some pages to get colored. And the artist, uh, Alexander Malashev, uh, is already working on issue two. He's already, uh, he's done uh, eight pages of issue two already. So the colorist is, is really who we're waiting on now. I also see that you have a, this pinup by Stan Yak, who he hasn't come on this, this, um, podcast himself but a couple of the projects that we you know the creators that we talked to have used him as yeah. alternate covers and stuff oh yeah stan's pretty uh pretty versatile in the indie community you see him on several things but that's because he's good so yeah <laughs> it's, it's almost to a point where you know you're not really an indie creator unless you have a stan yak cover <laughs> you know like he's <laughs> So okay. let's go ahead and let's go ahead and talk about the the rewards. You know what what our uh, our listeners can get by backing the the project. You guys want to go ahead and um, talk about the different tiers that you guys sure. are offering. Alex, do you want you want to start with the one you're most excited about? I mean, I mean, 
I feel I feel like there's there's ones that we really really love and we've just got to see and, and really enjoyed and we're really excited about sharing with people. We have a uh, I know like sometimes it can be a little gimmicky, but uh, we really wanted to do like a 3D version of this book. Um, and we know this artist Mateo Fuentes is that his last name? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and he's fantastic and he does just really great 3D art. Um, and we were fortunate enough to get him to come through and do a bunch of like really good depth with the 3D, like in this book. And and there's, I actually, one of the, it's one of the first things I've actually preferred seeing in 3D. And I'm not just hyping it because it's my own project. Like I was really kind of blown away with what he was able to do with what we've already got. Well, the, the good thing is that the 3D is not in one of the, like the high tiers you can actually start getting that pretty pretty low here uh starting with a nine dollars right with the yeah. digital yeah that's because we wanted everyone to see it you know we didn't want to block it off and not get everyone a chance to see the 3d because it's really that good um we uh once we got all the pages back from the 3d version I wanted to get the opinions of a lot of other indie creators. Uh, so I uh, reached out to everyone that just happened to have a pair of 3D glasses, which funny enough, they all had Friday the 13th box sets <laughs> which is where their 3D glasses were. So they were yeah. all talking about, yeah, man, I got a pair from my Friday the 13th box set or whatever. So, <laughs> the, so they're all checking out these pages with these glasses and they all came back and just said, wow, you know, like this is really good. Like this, I thought this was going to be gimmicky kind of, kind of what Alex was saying. It wasn't, it was thorough. You know, the depth mapping is really nice and, and clean along the artwork lines. So everything that pops really pops. You don't look at this art and think this is generic 3d. It really does look like someone that really understands how to make 3d pop. So we wanted to, one to get this we didn't just want physical tears to get and you it. and you said it's part of the 80s right so the 3d was a big thing in the 80s <laughs> exactly yeah and that was late in the game when we talked about 3d it just so happens that we were starting to talk about things about the 80s that we loved experiencing and having that maybe are absent now and 3D was definitely one of the things that came up. So we started trying to find people that could do 3D. And there's really not a lot of artists that tamper with that. You know, it's not in demand. It's not really talked about. So this just happened to be an artist that my girlfriend or my fiance now knew. Um, and so she hooked us up with him. And he took all 21 pages and knocked them out over a weekend. Well, that's I, I, as you were talking about it, that's what I just jumped on. So... Cool, man. Cool. <laughs> and actually, the reason why we found this was um, our, our buddy Ruben Romero and Jason Pell both both um, posted about it. Not not to not to not to also be like uh, with Saul's like who don't you know, Greg? But with with Stan doing an alternate cover and stuff like that, I, I I've, I've done stuff uh, in anthologies with Stan and Saint Yak is like you're right. He if you don't work with him in indie comics, then I mean you're not doing indie comics. <laughs> yeah man oh, yeah I, I can't i i've always had the utmost respect for yak and he's always been like a cool honest dude so um i can't hype that dude enough same yeah. with ruben i got mad respect for ruben ruben's one of my dudes so what else do we have here as far as the tears go um we got we got some cool prints um alex monique did a really cool print 
Um, it's a very kind of like eighties movie poster looking one. It's got a, it's got the deer in the road. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, if you guys haven't seen that, it's, it's just beautiful. But, um, we have, we actually are working on kind of our own like radio show, like kind of an old school, like tales from the crypty type radio show thing to go along with the radio and the comic. Um, so, uh, Mike's old friend Tom is doing that. Um, the voice of the highway. Um, he's a great dude. Um, but one of the tiers actually involves you being able to be a guest on that radio show and just talk about whatever, create a character, be weird on there, whatever you want to do. So um, that's an awesome tier. And that's kind of something else we're working on with this book to kind of be like a compendium with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, I was going to ask you, who did y'all get to do the, uh, the trailer? Did the trailer. Uh, his, his production company, and from my understanding, it's just him. It's Prevalent Mind. Um, dude's name's Jared. I always forget his last name, but I've been talking to him a lot since he made that video. Um, I always forget his last name. I'll, I'll pull him up here in a second. He he did a he did a, a Kickstarter project video for a couple other comic creators, and I I'd, I'd, I saw them before, but I forgot about. Them. And then um, he did one more recently that really popped. And so I got a hold of him and it just so happens that he loves all the same stuff that everybody on this call right now. loves. <laughs> so, and so he jumped on the idea of being a part of this and, and he really ran with it. You know, he, he really, you know, the voice that you're hearing narrating through the project video, that's Tom, that's who's actually doing the radio show. And so, his character in the radio show is the character that's in the comics. There's a there's a radio that's talking to the main character just intermittently. It's like a radio broadcast that kind of cuts in and out and takes over the radio. Like you know, the Alex will try to change the station, but it won't let him. He has to listen to this radio host. And um, <laughs> nice. And the thing is, this radio host is really strange. He sounds very charismatic and upbeat about the fact that they're in some kind of crazy, you know, purgatory kind of scenario. You don't, you don't really know what the highway really is. And so he kind of narrates through these really strange portions of the story. So the radio show is meant to be kind of like an expanded, like, you know, Alex said, a compendium to the book. So when the, when you're waiting for issue two, there's going to be episodes of Midnight Highway Radio that will supplement those gaps. Yeah, and that's actually the I had I had um, pledged before the lower tier, but I actually went up to the the Radio Gaga uh, tier. Did, did you? Because because man, that's what I love about Kickstarter and or hate about Kickstarter is that it gives you an option. You can manage your your pledge, and <laughs> that is something that. It's it's sounding sweet. So, listeners, if you're if you want to like check out the radio show, check it out. Or if you want to be on the radio show, it's what like literally a couple dollars more. Being yeah. on the radio show costs quite a bit more. I think I think we did eighty. Only a couple dollars. A couple dollars. <laughs> but we but there's reason for that. You know, is is you're not just you're not just someone that we're going to invite on to talk. You're 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 a content creator with us at that point. You're a partner on the mm-hmm. show because Ooh. you're going to create your character and we're going to build dialogue around that. And you're going to be a full fledged performing artist on the radio show. You're not just someone that's going to be on there making a couple sounds. You're actually going to have speaking lines and that's something you're always going to have. Well, now you're scaring me. 
<laughs> oh, is that was that what you pledged for? That's you? the one I pledged for you. Yeah. Oh, 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 world, you are in trouble now. <laughs> um, I see you have these uh, the a Transam enamel pin as well. You get that by adding ten bucks to any tier. Add ten bucks to any physical tier. Um, so from the ten dollar line up, and uh, we'll ship you a, a an enamel pin. It's got uh, characters. Uh, car alex's car in the books the 1979 trans am so um it's got like a it's 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 a gold trans am uh it comes across more yellow in the book but uh, uh when the when the enamel pin prints it'll be kind of like a sparkly ink or you know print so it'll it'll have like a gold shimmer to it it's always been my favorite my favorite car <laughs> oh yeah. really yeah my dad had one uh growing up um, we could, Alex and I were trying to figure out what kind of car, uh, the character was going to drive. And, uh, like we, we looked at a lot of different things. I think Alex is big in the cars. I'm not so much. So I just kind of, uh, I, I kind of proposed the Trans Am and we just kind of went with it. I think, or did I, I, or did I really argue for its case, Alex? I don't remember. He was like, I'm not letting you out of this cage until you say we can use the Trans Am. And I was like, okay, hey man. Oh man! Another thing I'm seeing here: augmented reality. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Or um, Alex, I, 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 we've went over it. Alex and I have went over it, but I don't know if I've uploaded it for where Alex has tried it out yet. But Alex knows the artist that made it, so Alex, you can probably talk about the artist first, and then we can yeah, go. Yeah, Lucas Kowalski. Uh, he's really cool. He's from Poland. Um, I do a lot of stuff with him. He's a great artist. There's a lot of like gnarly wrestling and like monster type if you like 80s monster stuff go check out lucas's stuff he's cool um but uh yeah the, the augmented reality stuff is like there's this app and you can use it to look at an image and if people have gone in and done the the program to it like the image actually moves so lucas did this print with an arcade machine and you can actually see uh one of the creatures from the book like moving around on it it's really cool so yeah, it Artivive is is the app, um, and uh, it I I I I came an art gallery nearby um, had an artist that did only augmented reality art. So um, I downloaded the app and just started looking at all the art along the walls, and it was just blowing my mind how cool this was. And I asked the artist how complicated was it to do this. And then he showed me, you know, uh, a couple of the steps and then we pitched the idea to Lucas cause Lucas had never done anything like that before. That was his first time doing something like that. Um, and, um, he did a great job. Like it, it was, it actually came through very clear. It's kind of neat to see, you know, when you're looking through the art of Vive app, the viewfinder on your phone and you're looking at just like a normal wall and you're moving the viewfinder around, you're looking at your boring wall and ceiling. And then right in the middle of that is this art piece on the wall that's fully animating um, on repeat. And it's it's kind of fun to look at. I mean, it's just really cool. Be careful what you take before you do start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have one of the fun tiers as well. Um, being the um, being able to come into the into the comic itself as part of one of the characters for issue two. I see people jump on those all the time. They like to see themselves in the comics, and even if they end up getting uh, slaughtered or anything, 
they want to see themselves in that. <laughs> We're not really talking about what their role is going to be in it because that's kind of. <laughs> Um, but, um, and it's, I know that sounds really pretentious, but the, that, the thing is, is it's, it's a, it's kind of like the focal point of the story. So just by mentioning it, it kind of ruins what the story's going to be because issue one leads right into it. Oh, so, so it's not just like a little background guy. It, no, no, they're going to have a good, they'll have, um, an important part. Well, guys, it sounds like a. Like like a bad like a bad scene. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, if you if I mean, ever, bad by standards, I guess is what I'm asking <laughs> now. If you've ever wanted to see yourself in in the comic book, um, especially a horror comic book, not just as a background character, this is this is the way to go and and be and get into it. Come on, guys. Well, we're, unfortunately, it's 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 it's. Um, Sold out, I oh, guess. I didn't look said. at that. Oh, no, it's all uh, uh, redact, redact. <laughs> they, they, they did catch them up quick. You were right. Like they, they picked those up very yeah, quickly. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if we're gonna be able to make more spots for more backers or not. Alex and I haven't really talked about that. Issue yet, three. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's other issues. They can, they have other opportunities. That's why you got so many, so many issues. They can back for back later. I mean, if they didn't get in on this, they can get those glow-in-the-dark T-shirts. <laughs> there you go. I mean, uh, yeah, he just mentioned the glow-in-the-dark stuff. We got some glow-in-the-dark glasses, Midnight Highway glasses. We got a shirt that glows in the dark. We got a sticker Lucas made that glows in the dark. Um, so, yeah, we got augmented reality, 3D, glow-in-the-dark. Like, we're just trying to have fun with our rewards. And Nice. Nice. Yeah. Try to Try to keep it. I guess engaging, you know, like you look at a lot of campaigns and, and, and there's a lot of great art, but it's just art stacked on top of art on top of more art. But it's kind of fun to see, you know, you can enjoy this art a different way than this other piece here. That's so that way when you're looking at the tiers, you can really make some decisions on, you know, how do you want to engage with the book? I guess is kind of the idea. We miss anything guys. Um, no, I mean the radio show, the glow in the dark stuff, the 3D, the augmented reality, and then being in the book. You know, that's 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 all we've talked about really right now. We've got, you know, like you said, 34 days left on the campaign, and we're starting to look at stretch goals. So now we're starting to think of some new exciting things that people bookmarks, bookmarks, deflates. Probably not bookmarks. You know, I, I ah. think we can have we. Well, if you like bookmarks, I'll get you one, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you one, dude. That's no problem. I th we've been trying to we've been trying to do like you know uh, like we talk about the you know the glow in the dark sticker. I think that's the first one that people are going to be able to unlock. And then we talked about uh, you know um, doing maybe um, glow in the dark coasters uh, like drink coasters and koozies yeah. and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, license plate, you know, you guys, we were talking at the beginning of the call. I think a license plate would be really smart, but you know, we we just started talking about that stuff today. We thought we'd have more time before we need to start talking about this stuff. <laughs> so just, like, okay. <laughs> I'll so. throw it out there, but honestly, like it's an eighties inspired, it's an eighties inspired horror book, uh, like trucker cap. I know it's a little dated in the sense of coolness for, hey. for the time currently right now, but yeah, 80. Hey, trucker caps are cool again, or, or at least they were cool a couple years ago again. I don't know if they still are, but I'm still wearing I wear mine. Them all the time. Yeah. I wear, I, I, yeah, I mean, 
I still wore mine. Uh, so, Mike, you had asked me the other day what my favorite horror movie is, and I said the thing. You said correct. <laughs> yeah, I told Alex <laughs> before we jumped on, and Alex, uh, what did you? I can't remember what you said, Alex, but it was like. <laughs> well, the reason I bring that up is because the monster in the cover kind of reminds me of the thing. Yeah, it, it's. Um, I don't know, Alex. I mean, we're not really. Like I was telling you, like we we're trying to keep the the uh, the big bad of the mm-hmm. book under wraps and stuff like that. But the cover design definitely alludes to something that's more body horror, right? Uh-huh. And uh, you know, Alex and I, you know, we've talked about a lot of the things that really scare us still, even after mm-hmm. being so exposed to so much of it for so long, and body. Yeah. horror was something that I think we kept coming back to. So like, you know, for me, it was the fly mm-hmm. um, really got me. But uh, we talked about the thing a lot. We're, we're big Carpenter fans. So, yeah, I, I, I would say uh, if I was to say anything about issue one, it's very uh, it's kind of like a love letter to like Carpenter and Cronenberg in, in like our own okay, way. I see. Um, but but that's that's as far as I'll go. But you'll just have to enjoy it and check it out. It's it's hard to talk about it without giving anything away <laughs> for like horror stuff. But no, no, no it definitely, no, yeah, no, definitely. Um, wanted to make sure we touched all the bases. Um, looks like we have. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Um, if we kind of skimmed over the book a little bit earlier, but uh, I would just like to take a second to say, like, one of the reasons why this book is good is because of Alex Malshev and Hedwin Zaldivar. Um, there are artists and colorists and like, that's what, when Mike said, like, we discuss a lot about this book and where to fit all these great ideas we have for it. And it's because it's like, we're able to make it so visual and beautiful, like because of their artwork. So, um, I would say if, if anything sells the book, it's, it's Alex's art with Edwin's colors are just like, it's like taking a drug looking at them. Like they're just beautiful. And make sure to Um, see the samples on, um, on the Kickstarter page or at, at nerdsftc.com yeah. because th- those those samples will be on there as well. So you guys can take a look at that. You guys are going to want to back it yeah. up. And- totally. I don't really have anything else going right now except for Midnight Highway, but I would just like to say thank you for everyone that backed the book or has shown interest in it. Um, it really is kind of a passion dream project of Mike and I's. It's been his for a while. He brought me into it. And now like, I'm just in love with the story, so. Literally from the bottom of our hearts, thank everyone that backed it so far and has helped us make our goal and is continuing to share it and give it love. So we really appreciate that. Yeah, I really, I mean, you said it best, man. I mean, that's, he's right about the art group or the art team that we've got. We haven't picked a letterer yet because we want the art completed first. And then we want to find a, a letterer that will complement the art. And we're even revising aspects of the script to complement the art better because we don't want to we don't want to drown out the art because we love it so much. <laughs> so, um, you know that that's that's kind of a tough thing to do because we're both really wordy guys. We talk forever. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the, the book wouldn't be what it is without those guys uh, on it. So, and that was the big thing is we were really careful about uh, who we were going to use for the book. Like we we. Um, I think we were looking for colors for like a month and a half, like, and not sleeping on that, like literally spending each day talking back and forth about this one and that one. And, and when we got a headwind, that was kind of like the perfect person for the book. 
And Alex, uh, Alexander Malashev has done such a great job of taking the script and not just doing what he's told. He's taking the information and then really adjusting and, and contorting that and making something more impressive. For the, the cover was not something that we instructed him to make. He did that himself. Oh, nice. He came up with the idea and just, and it was finished. He colored it and everything. He just popped it on us one day. <laughs> and we, we were blown away. So that's, we're pretty grateful for our art team because they really are, a, it's a team. It's not really just a dictatorship, you know, where we pay them and they do what we tell them to. They, we give them room to breathe and let them get creative and stuff. And that's why the colors are such an acid wash, you know, like there's just, there's this, um, vibrancy that I think Hedwin's kind of uh, uncaged or whatever. He really just goes off the rails and, and makes the book really colorful and where the book takes place at night and only at night. Uh, it doesn't feel that way. Well, I want to ask you for the um, social media, anything like that for, for not only for both of you, but for your, for your team. That's something I want to want to start making sure that I, that I include because for the most part, I include the, the people who come on the, on the podcast their social media, but I want to start making sure that I, I start um, giving that those shout outs to everybody who, who is part of the team. So uh, I'll put that in the description so that anybody who wants to follow them can definitely go follow them. I actually did talk to somebody who uh, he's working on something right now. He's looking for an artist. So I, I told him I'm going to start doing that. So you can start, definitely start contacting these people and see if they, if they can help you out for with your project. And if they can, awesome. Um, but I, I think that's an, another way to help uh, these indie creators, you know, um, not only you all with with your project, but also the the colorist, the the letterist, I, every, you know, every, everyone that is part of the of the indie indie uh, comic book or indie creator uh, community. There's yeah. there's always good people out there to learn from. Mm -hmm. So just follow the people who inspire you. And talk to the people around you with the same interests in you, and like you'll always find people to you know, do art with and write stories with and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole reason I think that the book turned out as well as it did is because I got with Alex, you know, like, uh, I, I, the passion and, and the energy and, and, and making sure that you're really, um, uh, following the people that you, uh, gel with, I guess, more than anything else is really important. And you build your community around that mutual interest and whatnot, but passion's probably the, the really the thing that I think everybody latches onto. And that's the thing that kind of, you know, I appreciate about Alex on this book is, is just his, his passion's just been, you know, he's, he's, he's dialed at 10 at all times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's, this guy is, is always cranking the speakers and he has just been such a good uh, collaborator on the book. You know, it's, it's, it's been, and I think that's hard for a lot of people. Um, but, uh, it's, it's great in the community when you can partner with people and create something like this and it, it just makes sense. So that's how it's been with Alex. So I wanted to tell Alex, thanks as well. <laughs> Come here guy. Yeah. And, and, and with that, same with Mike, like I, I'm glad that like Mike came to me with this and, and we've always just been really well tossing ideas back and forth. But again, that goes back to like Alex and Edwin is like, we give Alex ideas and he sends us back like, better than what we're even asking for but we're like oh he gets it like he knows what we're trying to do like like we feel like he's on the same creative wavelength as us like as far as like the vision for this so it's it's really cool um 
But I think like all of us on this team, yeah, we just, we seem to like hype each other's story and, 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 and perfect each person's idea. Like, and it, it just, it's all working very well. So guys, I'm, I'm pumped for them. I can't wait for, to get the stuff that you guys are producing. Can't wait for the podcast. Definitely waiting for that. <laughs> so I uh, want to thank you guys for coming on and doing it such in such a, you know, being able to be uh, available in such a uh, short amount of time. Oh yeah. No problem, man. Thanks for having us on to talk about it. We appreciate My it. My pleasure. Yeah. Let us know when the, the the next one's coming out, and we'll we'll bring you guys back on again. Awesome, man! Appreciate it. Well, guys, we'll leave it there. We'll see you guys next time here on Nurse from the Crypt. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast.